Hello, humans. This is Emily Smith from College Vine with a little short interview with Kent Barnes from Augustana College. Kent, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and your expertise on this topic about the FAFSA. Great. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Um, you are a person right now who needs an even larger stage because you have been getting quite loud on LinkedIn in a really great way. Your last post actually a couple of days ago had said, um, you quoted Ronald Reagan and you said that the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And you said that in reference to the Department of Ed guidance that came out that really promised a lot of help. And I'm curious to hear how you view that announcement and what you think is real in that and promising in that and where you feel like that, uh, that uh, like the, the response is still lacking. Yeah, well, let me start by saying that Ronald Reagan and I share the same birthday, February 6th. So uh, that was maybe Happy one birthday, of the several days ago. I, I, I cited Ronald Reagan. But yeah, so last Friday, the, the Department of Education released a memorandum, which I think was really in response to um, the higher education community just dumping on Department Freaking of out. Education about how botched this whole FAFSA rollout has been and continues to be. Um, but they 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 they're showing some responsiveness, which is good. And 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 so I have to at one level be hopeful and optimistic. They've talked about committing fifty million dollars towards a concierge service to help families complete the FAFSA. I don't know what that means and what that looks like, but I want to be hopeful. They talked about earlier release of the file and the, the sample uh, report that we would get so that we can work with software prepare, uh, providers so that we can be ready to, to offer aid. That's, that's really hopeful. Uh, and they've talked about sort of extended support for, for families. So th there was a, a responsiveness, which is great, but I, I think that we've heard all along through this cycle hopeful things. And then when we've gotten to a, a test, uh, we, we haven't seen great results from the Department of Education. So at one point, I want to be really hopeful that, that they're they're listening and responding. At an, another level, I'm, I'm really concerned about this cycle, not just for colleges and universities, but, but for students and families. Yeah, absolutely. I think of all of the things that I read that I am the most hopeful about is probably the, the one concrete thing that's in there, which is we're going to give you test ICER files. Because as like a technologist at heart, I view this as an opportunity to work with your financial aid and your IT office to actually run these tests end to end to make sure that you can consume this data. And I know that's challenging because sometimes you don't talk to your financial aid office or you don't talk to your IT office. And I'm curious at Augustana, Kent, what, um, what you and your sort of cross-functional teams are doing to get ready for that moment where you get handed the test file. Yeah, well, we, we can't wait to get that test file because, of course, that is always preceded um, in in past cycles uh, the, the 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 processing of of aid and has allowed us to test so that we're almost turnkey once we begin to, to import uh, ICERs from the federal government. And so we were really concerned that that was going to happen simultaneous with the um, transmission of of FASPAs and ICERs, and that would have been a disaster. And that really would have delayed um, our ability to offer an official financial aid award by probably 10 to 14 days at minimum. Right. And we're a place that's, that's well-resourced. And I've got a really experienced staff that's technologically savvy and is already anticipating what we need to do. 
but without that that file, there's just nothing we can even jumpstart. Um, so we're ready to go. They sent that this afternoon. Um, I'd have people who would be here tomorrow uh, testing and making sure that we're ready to go once we begin uh, getting ICERs. But but again, we're in a pretty good uh, resource position at Augustana to do that. Yeah, though I think what you're what's implicit in that that you're not slowing down is that like you've had that conversation to say like this is coming, we should be ready, and in the eventuality that we get it on a Friday afternoon or over a weekend that like these things will happen in this time frame. I think that being explicit actually saves you a ton of time and can make you go a lot faster because if you're sort of looking at like, oh, well, we'll, we'll plan for that when the test files come, you're sort of saying like, well, it's, it's, it would be too late. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we've got to be proactive and, and, and my team's ready to go. And I've got an awesome director of financial aid and a terrific financial aid team. And uh, we're fortunately in the same building. So I see them all the time and they see the worry on my face and uh, hopefully they're gonna do everything they can to, to make me a little less worried and be responsive. Yeah, that's great. I'm curious how you're approaching student, um, student communications at this time, both in terms of what you're saying, how you're saying it, what you might be repeating to your students um, and how you're sort of gauging their interests so you know where to spend their time. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, so the students are the, are the, the real, um, that's where we need to, to have our focus. That's where we need to keep our focus. And, and I admit, um, uh, I was, uh, let, let's say, pissed off for a bit at the Department of Education. And maybe that came through in some of my, my LinkedIn. Uh, you were uh, incensed, it was very clear. Yeah, I sent I, I, you a very tentative email. I was like, hey, should we talk about this? <laughs> I was a little fired up, but but now we need to, like to put our focus on students. And I think the first thing that we have to acknowledge is that we, we probably have universally done students a little bit of a disservice with early counseling because of some of the bumps of the FAFSA opening up. Uh, both colleges and universities, as well as um, other influencers and school counselors uh, and support networks said, don't file it yet. Wait until all the kinks are worked out. And, and that's never gonna happen. And, and so we, we've put a lot of people behind the line and, and, and right what we see right now is the filer rates are terrible. I mean, the filer 70 percent, 50 percent. Yeah, exactly. Really. And, and I, I work in a state in the state of Illinois that has uh, a requirement for high school graduation that a student submit the, the, the FAFSA. And Illinois is in the bottom 10 percent of states in the U.S. year over year in, in FAFSA submissions. That's how far behind we are. This is a national crisis. And so even though there are still some bumps and there are some difficulties and there are some challenges and, and uh, all, all that, we need to sound the alarm because 100% of the students who don't submit the FAFSA will never find out for what aid they are eligible. So we've got to make that our, our primary focus. Now, we have to do that in a way that doesn't alarm, doesn't create anxiety and pressure for students, but that's job number one right now. And, and I'm afraid, and, and I take responsibility for this, I, I'm afraid that, that we're projecting our anxiety as colleges and universities, knowing what we've done in previous years onto students and families. And we just need to move ahead and, and work with our partners and work with students and tell them you gotta get it in um, in order to ultimately make decisions. We at Augustana have not yet extended our May 1. I, I anticipate we probably will at some point um, make some extension. Uh, but I've also talked to school counselors and other support networks 
that, that are not crazy about an endless um, uh, extension of a decision date, uh, in part because, you know, come around late May and mid-May, um, the support network for students, especially from underserved areas, it disappears. Because they graduate uh, and, from high school and high school is over. Exactly. And, and so that, that becomes a little bit of a concern. Again, I, I, I'm not going to ignore the data that, that the FAFSA submissions are just so far behind, but I also want to keep the pressure on the Department of Education. And I want to emphasize the urgency of, of getting the FAFSA in. Is that helpful? I mean, I, I think that's job number one. That's what we have to be championing. Uh, we, we need to talk about this as a, a national crisis and emergency uh, to get the FAFSA in and, and the Department of Education has got to deliver. Yeah, definitely. And I like how you've, you've sort of focused on like, we sort of mutually own this problem with students. And I think you're saying like, our stress isn't their stress. Our stress on the college side is around like, okay, we are going to have to process these things really quickly. We are going to have to deal with a glut of these, of these forms so that we can, um, so that we can process and turn around quickly. You can do what you can do to make, make ready for that. But also to turn around to students and say calmly or to the, the folks who interact with students, whether it's the college and high school counselors, the high school counselors in our network, um, CBOs who are uh, really in the place of encouraging students to submit. And Kent, your focus on advocacy is actually really interesting to me. And I, and I agree with you. I think there's sort of a certain amount of like keeping the pressure on that we need to do. I think in terms of ad advocacy, many people don't really know what to do or how. So can you be a little more prescriptive for this audience? If they are interested, if they are similarly incensed, what are some of the things they can and should go do? Yeah, so uh, I think that the, the first thing that you need to do is make sure that your, your campus community understands the magnitude of the issue because that, that mobilizes other people's curiosity and interest and awareness of, of how large of an issue we face as we think about the fall of 2024. So um, the, the first thing that I, I recommend in regard to advocacy is become an expert yourself and share that knowledge with your staff and team, first of all, and then your broader campus community. I mean, that that's where it starts. Um, I think you need to take it beyond that though. And um, I've been burning up both email as well as the telephones, uh, talking to my two senators, Senator Grassley and Senator Ernst from the great state of Iowa. I work in Illinois, but I live in Iowa. So I have to channel uh, to my proper representatives. And then also uh, Representative Miller Meeks, uh, who represents my district. Uh, last week, I made phone calls. I chose to send both emails and phone calls and do follow-up phone calls, uh, telling them how important this issue was to me, as well as to their con constituencies. Uh, and one of the great things is I got a, a, a voicemail message doing a session earlier this afternoon from Senator Ernst's office in Washington, D.C. to reassure me that this is a priority for Senator Ernst. And actually, she went beyond talking about um, just FAFSA submission rates uh, to another issue that I have with the simplified FAFSA, and that's the inclusion of farm value uh, in the, the formula when it had been excluded previously. So it, it reassured me that advocacy works, that, that advocacy is an important role. And so uh, they work for us. Public policy makers work for us. And, and I, I think that we can make helpful suggestions and let them know that we're interested in the issue. Yeah, good reminder. I mean, I think I found myself that there is like a certain amount of friction about participating, um, at least that I felt personally over the years about the things that I'm passionate about. Um, I have been recently a Wyoming voter, a Colorado voter, um, and two very different states with very different politics. And I find myself feeling that friction, 
when I pick up the phone, like, well, what will I say? Like, will I sound stupid? And I remember that like, oh, a, a very young in their career staffer is going to pick up the phone. I'm going to register three or four sentences and then I'm going to hang up and it doesn't actually have to be scary. And to your point, these are people in offices who want to hear from us, should hear from us and hear from us about what they what we feel is important. Um, what are you really hoping happens in the next round of communication um, from the DOE, Kent, like that would make you feel one step better, better? What would be an ideal next step for you to feel in a, in a next release of this, um, of this promise to help? What would feel great to you? Yeah, the, the most important thing for me, and it would feel great if I know the date that they're going to send us the test file. I, I mean, that that just allows us to begin to put things in order. I mean, working with our financial aid optimization partner, working with on-campus IT, uh, beginning to program uh, levels of, of aid, that would that would be so critically important. I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna get ICERs when we get ICERs. But if there are things that we can do to prepare to process once we get those ICERs, whether it's on March 12th uh, or it's March 22nd. Um, I, I just want to be able to move quickly and turnkey. And, and so that, that would be terrific. I don't know that they can tell me anything about this $50 million investment in concierge service that's going to give me much confidence. But if they could tell me a date when I'm going to get that file, all of a sudden I start to feel like this is actually going to help. Right. Um, and the other part is, by, by providing that date, we have yet another opportunity to hold the Department of Education accountable. And, and that's what we need right now because they haven't met with accountability in any promise they've made made before. So that, that that's what I'd love to see. Yeah, I mean, really what we'd all love to see is that $50 million be used to build a time machine to go backwards and make the FAFSA, uh, the upstream problems disappear. So we weren't here today, but. Yeah, there's not a yet, single problem that, there's not a single problem that we've encountered that, that wasn't uh, anticipated. Uh, by right. the higher education community and and it's just again it's it's mystifying it comes back to the ragging quote i mean how can we trust the government to deliver uh when when they bungled this in such a dramatic way yeah and yet that's what we're left with and we shall carry on as we always do in this industry um and i agree i'm looking forward to that day where institutions get the test file and can really get real about how this is going to look well, Kent, thank you so much for being here. Happy birthday to you and Ronald Reagan this week. Um, I hope it's a great day ahead and thanks very much for joining us. You bet, thank you, I appreciate it.